Hi, my name is Michael Sano. I'm Jewish and I love Israel. So if you love Israel, if you love being Jewish, or if you have an unwavering connection to the land of Israel, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sano, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast, the only positive podcast about the people, the food, the culture, and the history of the state of Israel. Hey, if this is your first time watching, don't forget to hit the like button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell um, so you always get the brand new episodes. And if you want to take us with you, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by the 12 Cities in Israel Modern Hebrew Flashcards. Um, they're available on Amazon. I've made them. I put them all together. I've designed them. Um, they're available on Amazon for Kindle. If you don't have the Kindle app for your Android, iPhone, uh, PC, Mac, or your iPad, you can get it and you can find it in the description. There's a link down there so you can put it on any one of those platforms. Um, all right. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, this We've got four more left in the 12 Cities in Israel series where we talk about the uh, the history and the modern city. Uh, we talk about the history in part one. We talk about the modern city in part two. This episode, we're, uh, we're, we're talking about Netanya. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode because... Well, there's really not much history to Natanya, and I'm going to go over all that. Um, or did I just go over all that? That's the episode. There is no history to Natanya. Thanks for coming by. Nope, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. There is some history. It's just not uh, to the degree of an Ashkelon or uh, Haifa or Akko or all of these. And uh, let's jump right into it. Um, Natanya uh, sits on the northern central sits in the northern central district of Israel and is the capital of the surrounding Sharon plain and I'm going to tell you more about that in a minute. It lies between the Nahal Poleg to the south and the Avichail stream to the north. So these are two two waterways that basically set up Netanya's borders. Um, it is just over 18 miles north of Tel Aviv and about 35 miles south of Haifa. Netanya was named in honor of the prominent Jewish American philanthropist and co-owner of Macy's department store, Nathan Strauss. Um, now, that's the uh that that's the immediate history but we're gonna go it does have some really ancient history to it and it's why the site was chosen and the reason the site was chosen is because there was um, a population center here and it was tel ashir and during june 2017 ancient remains were found just prior to the construction of a swimming pool um, on the grounds of the Wingate Institute, and I'll tell you more about the Wingate Institute um, 
in the modern city. Um, what followed was an excavation undertaken on behalf of the Israel Antiquities Authority um, and underwritten by the Wingate Institute uh, that exposed the site of Tel Ashir, um, an ancient cultic site that dates all the way back to the Bronze Age. So we go way back for this uh, this site. And Telesheer is located on a Kirkar. I had to look that up. I did mention that in another episode, but in this episode, I actually tell you what a Kirkar is. And it is a rock type made of lithified sea sand dunes. So it's compressed sand over time that turns into this this hard structure. And this hill is south of the uh, Nahal Poleg stream channel, about 1,600 feet east of the coastline. So it's just in from the, uh, from the Mediterranean. And it is an open-air cultic site from the intermediate Bronze Age that was discovered um, during three seasons of excavations that took place in 1981 and in 1982. So this section where they dug out the pool um, was part of a larger area. Um, and this new site uh, is located 65 feet south of a previous excavation done in the 1960s and the 1970s. Now, pottery found at the site all the way dates all the way back to the 9th century BCE. So this goes way, way back. Um, evidence at both sites suggests that stones found there may be the remains of a surface that was built around the Intermediate Bronze Age. I mentioned that before as a foundation for the architecture that makes up this cultic site. So basically what, what you have is you have this, uh, this solidified sand dune that's turned into rock. And they said, hey, this is really great. We got nice views of the water. Uh, let's praise our gods here by building, you know, like a stone foundation. And then we'll all just live here and, and do our culty thing. Um, so, um, it is surmised by further evidence found at the site that long after it was abandoned, um, in the bronze age, that the population residing in the small nearby settlements probably continued to assemble at Tel Ashir. So Tel Ashir was like, um, Tel Michal, and a couple of other places, a couple Telmichals down in Herzliya, um, right at the border of Herzliya and uh, and Tel Aviv, and at a bunch of these other sites, these sites were used and continued to be used um, throughout history, human history, up until now. So that while that happened throughout Israel at different tells. Um, a bunch of them were abandoned. There are some of them up in the Galilee. I mentioned one in the Tiberius episode. Um, but there were also some that were abandoned and were reused. This is kind of the case of Tel Ashir, where um, this settlement on the Poleg uh, stream waterway was abandoned, basically. And then... Um, since Netanya, uh, 
sits there and I'm going to go over how all of this, how they, uh, how it came to be. Um, but there was a huge span of time. There was this enormous span of time where nobody did anything there. There were surrounding villages in the area and I'm sure it was a nice place in antiquity, but overall nobody really used the site. The site was abandoned. So, but the Sharon Plain, where Natanya sits and where Telashir sit, has been used throughout all of this time. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Sharon Plain, which Natanya sits right in the middle of. Now, since Natanya sits within the Sharon Plain, which is the central section of the coastal plain of Israel, it's important to tell you a little bit about it. So um, it lies between the Mediterranean Sea to the west and the Sumerian Hills um, nine miles to the east and the Sumerian hill hills that's over where, uh, Jerusalem, that's the foothills goes into, uh, out east towards Jerusalem. Um, it stretches from the Hal, uh, Taninim, Taninim, uh, a stream marking the Southern end of Mount Carmel in the North to the Yarkon river in the South, which is right at the Northern edge of Tel Aviv and spans over a total of about 56 miles. Parts of this plain are included in the central and Tel Aviv districts of Israel. Um, the plain of Sharon, and here we go, is also mentioned in the Bible in 1 Chronicles 5.16 and 27.29. It's also mentioned in the book of Isaiah 33.9, and 65.10, and it is also mentioned in a famous reference to the enigmatic Rose of Sharon that appears in Song of Songs 2-1. So, while Natanya doesn't, and Telashir doesn't have a direct relationship, a, a, a direct relationship to the Bible, where it sits, the region, the small region that it sits in, the Sharon Plain, does have a relationship to the Bible. So, I, I think that's kind of interesting. It, it, um shows that it was in the hearts and minds of the biblical um, writers. So, boom, there you go. Um, now, moving way forward into history, since I told you nobody really um, lived on the site of Telashir, they did live in surrounding villages, um, we have to move way, way forward into history. Um, since... As I said, there hasn't been any significant settlement in the immediate area of Netanya. Um, which brings us to the Moshav, a, which is a cooperative for, uh, farm pioneered by the labor Zionists during the second wave of Aliyah. Um, and it is Beit Yitzhak Sha'ar Hefer. And this Moshav... Um, located in the Sharon Plain near Netanya, it's right outside of Netanya, was founded as just Beit Yitzhak in 1939 until it was merged with the nearby villages of Shahar, Sha'ar Hefer, Nira, and Gan Hefer, and also Gan, Ganot Hadar. Ganot Hadar, though, um, they eventually broke away and uh, established themselves independently. So remember I told you surrounding villages still used Telashir. These villages that were all um, 
moved into this one moshav, um, they have to be remnant. Or they have to be remnants of uh, of the villages that surrounded Tel Ashir. We can assume they may not have been. There could have been some of them. Could have been newer villages, but there was population, which is really kind of fascinating in looking at the long term life cycle of populations within the Levant, within the land of Israel. Um, by 1948, this Moshav had a population of 300, and in, in a 1949 book by the JNF, or the Jewish National Fund, the Moshav was described as being founded by, are you ready for this? Middle-aged German immigrants who farmed the land, but mainly raised poultry. So... I, they couldn't have just said German. They had to say middle-aged German. So I, I don't know whether or not that was like, it's, it, is it meant to state that since they're middle-aged, they're very responsible or you don't want to move to that Moshav because everyone's old. So I don't know. That's, it's really, really weird wording. So, all right, that happened. Um, I think it was what? That was in the twenties. So, uh, 1939. Um, and this of course brings us into the British mandate. This is a really quick episode. I told you guys this was going to be a quick episode. There's not a lot of history to this immediate area. And it's a little bit frustrating because Kizaria is a little bit to the north. Um, there's another site, um, that is a little bit to the northeast and, some of you may be asking, well, why did you pick Natanya, but you didn't pick Kizaria? Because Natanya has a little bit of the old and a lot of the new. Um, and Kizaria has a lot of the old and very little of the new. So I have to, I felt it was important to put places that had, that you could go to that you could see, that you could um, feel as the Israel of now. There are a lot of places you can go where you can find Israel of yesteryear, like Kazaria, like Masada, like um, Herodium, all of those things. And some of those places still have towns or uh, cities around them, but they're not as substantial to bear the name of 12 cities in Israel. That's just me. All right, we're going to move into the British Mandate. And the city that we know today as Netanya was established near the ancient site of Tel Ashir uh, by a Zionist group known as B'nai Binyamin Association. And they were headquartered in the town of Zikron Yaakov, located 22 miles south of Haifa. So this new town of Netanya, and this is such a fun story, was named in honor of Nathan, Natan, Bayevrit in Hebrew, uh, Natan in Hebrew, Nathan Strauss, the co-owner of Macy's Department Store, who lived from 1848 to 1931. Strauss, who was the New York City Parks Commissioner and president of the New York City Board of Health, was known for having gifted two-thirds of his personal fortune to projects benefiting Jews and Arabs in mandatory Palestine. With this philanthropy in mind, the B'nai Benjamin Binyamin Association named Netanya after Strauss in the hope that he would donate money to the organization. 
a little bit of the cart before the horse, but hey, what are you going to do? When he told the association that he had no more money to give, they were disappointed, but they <laughs> Oh my gosh. But they decided on keeping the city's name anyway. Oh man. That's like, uh, we'd like to name this town, the Michael Jordan town of basketball, um, with the hope that you'd give us money. No, I'm not doing that. Sorry. That's not happening. Uh, we'll just keep it. Michael Jordan. What, what, what were they thinking? It, it's so conniving. Um, but hilarious in the same way. Um, but wow. Uh, eventually though, the funds for building Netanya were secured by Itamar Ben Avi and Oved Ben Ami during a fundraising trip to the United States. And with this in 1928, members of Bnei Binyamin and Hanotea, an organization set up after Strauss was informed of the establishment of the settlement, purchased 350 acres towards this future city. So they were able to eventually get the funds. They were able to eventually um, get the money and the land that they needed to make Netanya a reality. Now, with a site purchase, a team led by Moshe Shaked began digging for water on December 14th, 1928. Now, after water was discovered in February of 1929, the first five settlers moved in. Uh, they moved onto the land, and in the weeks that followed, a bunch more settlers began to arrive. Um, development was slowed with the violence that came as a result of the 1929 Palestine riots. Um, these riots elevated the sense of urgency, though, by the early Chalutzim, or pioneers, um, who saw the massacre of their fellow Jews by their neighbors, and undeterred by this violence, in September, uh, development was back on track. It was continued um, with the cornerstones of the first 10 houses being laid on Sukkot of that year. Um, in 1930, the first kindergarten opened and the first school in 1931. And in the 1931 census of Palestine, Netanya was recorded as having 253 residents. In 1933, the British architect Clifford Holiday drew up a plan for Netanya as a tourist resort, which it still is to this day. Holiday also designed urban projects in Yafo, Tveria, uh, Lida, and Ramla. So the f he he was basically foreseeing that this place, for the same reason that the Telashir people were, this place is beautiful. It's right on the water. Um, it's in between two water sources. Let's build. So the first urban plan for Netanya divided the city into three sections with a tourism district along the coastline, housing, farms, and commerce in the center, um, and agriculture and industry to the east. That year also saw the completion of the Tel Aviv Hotel, the first hotel in Netanya, as well as the establishment of two new neighborhoods, Benzion and Geva. Netanya continued to grow, and in 1934, the first ship, this is so cool, of illegal immigrants carried 350 of them to Netanya's shoreline. This was during um, mandatory palace, the British... 
um, basically cancellation of immigration into the British mandate. Um, these operations continued on up until 1939 with over 17 ships landing near the city being aided by the residents of Netanya. How cool is that? Um, 1934 was also the year that saw Netanya diversify economically, which makes sense because you get this brand new influx of Im immigrants. You have to get jobs for them. Um, on the coastal plain and with premium conditions for agriculture, the city was able to successfully create a market for their crops and added to this um, a new company called Primazon, and they opened their first factory in the city, producing fruit and vegetable preserves. Now, following the success of this new venture, Netanya opened up their city's economy even further by establishing a new industrial zone. And that's in, remember, I just told you that they had this, um, this urban planning setup. So that set up an industrial zone to the east. Um, also during this time, the Shonei Halakot Synagogue was built and the city saw the opening of the Bialik School, which was named after Chaim Nachman Bialik, Israel's national poet. And she is actually, and I think I got this right, the grandfather or great-grandfather of Mayim Bialik. What's up, Blossom? Um, all right, moving, <laughs> moving on. Um, in 1937, the cornerstone was laid for a new commercial center and the connection of Netanya to the Tel Aviv Haifa Road, the coastal road. Um, in 1939, the Ophir Diamond Polishing Plant, the first diamond polishing plant in mandatory Palestine, was opened by Asher, Daskal, and Zvi Rosenberg. And it still is a diamond center. Antwerp, New York City to Netanya. It is it is the what is it? The thoroughfare for diamonds in the known world. Um, in 1940, the British Mandate government defined Netanya as a local council of which Ovid Benami was elected head in 1944, and Netanya at this time had a population of 4,900. And in 1945, they saw the opening of their first high school. And that wraps up the history of Netanya. If you are mad, I didn't cheat you. If you were upset because this history was short, I'm sorry. But blame Israel, blame Netanya, blame Tel Ashir because nobody thought to build a city there <laughs> until um, the B'nai Binyamin Association decided to finagle uh, <laughs> Nathan Strauss into doing this. This is so hilarious. All right, um, that's it. That's all I've got for you this week. Um, I want to, if you like this video, hit the like button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell. Um, if you want to take us with you to the uh, gym when you go out for a walk or when you're driving in the car, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Spotify. 
And this episode, of course, was brought to you by the 12 Cities in Israel Modern Hebrew Flashcards. Um, they are the best way to learn Hebrew and the best way to brush up on your Hebrew. We have a new one coming out. It is Verbs. I'm working hard on it. I just got all of the uh, feedback from my colleagues in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, hookup, I love it. Um, and they are... They said everything's good to go. Um, and you'll be able to find that where you are able to find all of our flashcards. And that is on Amazon. They are available for Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, that's okay. You can use the Kindle program, which is in the description uh, down below. There's a link to it. And it works on Android, Mac, uh, PC, uh iPhone, iPad, everything. It works on everything. So you can download it right there. Check it out. Also on Amazon Kindle is my children's book, Who is a Jew? Wonderful little bedtime story uh, for kids to let them know about how awesome it is to be Jewish. Um, and that is it. All right, guys. Shabbat <laughs> shalom.